0: Welcome into the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York. This is the Beyond the Game program along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. We're so glad you could be part of this week's show, Sports Talk Without the Trash Talk. Check out our website, btgprogram.com, or give us a follow on Twitter or a like on Facebook at btgprogram. Many things going on in sports. Of course, the World Series going on Mm -hmm. for who knows how much longer. Don't you just feel for the kids of today? This generation of young people growing up are so unfamiliar with who the Boston Red Sox used to be. When we were growing up, the Red Sox could never win a big game. You knew what was going to happen, whether it was Bill Buckner losing a ball between his legs, whatever it Mm -hmm. was, Bucky Dent, Aaron Boone, whatever it was, the Red Sox were going to lose a big game. This generation of kids has no idea about that Red Sox history. Because since 2004, this team has been incredible. Yeah. And this year has been their best team ever. 108 wins. Alex Cora can't make any mistakes. They have just been getting the two-out hitting that they're getting. Mm -hmm. They have won, I don't know how many titles. What is it? Now, four is going to be this year? I think so. The city of Boston between the Red Sox and the Patriots and then the Bruins and, and the Celtics have titles. Man, whatever's going on up there in Boston, they've got the goods, even though they didn't invite Kurt Schilling to throw out <laughs> the opening pitch and boy that that has gotten all kinds of news, yeah, but there were some other names too that were missing. It just seems mm-hmm. like. The Kurt Schilling was low-hanging fruit that they could... Oh, it must be because of his political things.
1: And it probably was. I mean, this is Massachusetts we're talking about. Maybe,
0: but Manny wasn't there. Yeah. There were... uh, Bill Miller wasn't there.
1: Yeah. There
0: were several others that weren't there. Anyway, there is lots of stuff to talk about coming up on today's show, as he always does. Zach will bring us his shenanigan statements. We'll tell you what it is that we like this week in sports. Plus, we'll get into what's going on in Oakland with the Raiders. Didn't they tell fans they were chasing a title before they leave Oakland for Las Vegas? Or was that all just a ruse? We'll talk about that. Thanks so much for being with us. I do hope you'll stick around. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Okay, here we go. Let's take a look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Wednesday, October 24th. The Red Hawks recap is brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Freshman Alex Perez Vega scored a late goal and then in overtime, junior Terrell Spencer hit the game winner as the Roberts Wesleyan men's soccer team defeated Malloy College 2 to 1 on the road last Saturday afternoon. The women were not as fortunate though, falling to Malloy 1-0. And it was a lost weekend on the road for the women's volleyball team as they lost back-to-back contests by 3-0 margins. The ladies were tripped up on Saturday at New York Institute of Technology and then on Sunday at LIU Post. A week after capturing the title at the Red Hawk Invitational, the Roberts Wesleyan men's golf team won again at the LeMoyne Fall Invitational in their final event of the fall season. Three Red Hawks would finish in the top ten, and for the second time in two weeks, senior Brandon Griswalks placed first overall, shooting a five-under for the tournament. The men's and women's swim teams opened up their seasons in the SUNY Cortland Pumpkin Relays this past weekend. The men turned in a fifth-place finish, and the women came in fourth. The women's tennis team split last weekend, falling 7-0 at home against Queens College on Friday before defeating Malloy College 7-0 at home on Saturday. With Saturday's win, the Roberts Wesleyan women's tennis team will advance to the East Coast Conference Championship Tournament for the first time in program history. The Roberts Wesleyan women's bowling team placed fifth at the Mount Shootout, hosted by Mount St. Mary's over the weekend. After starting slow, going 1-4 Saturday, they turned it around with a strong Sunday performance, going 4-1, including a win over eventual tournament champion St. Francis, giving St. Francis their only loss of the tournament. Junior Emily Notebart was named the tournament MVP after posting the highest scoring average, during the traditional style matches. And finally, the men's and women's cross-country teams tuned up for the NCAA D2 National Championships at the Rock Pre-Nationals last Saturday against 12 nationally ranked teams, including three top 10 teams. The Red Hawks had a strong showing as the men's team placed 10th out of 29 teams, and the women turned in a fourth place finish out of 30 teams. You can catch the Red Hawks in action at home on Saturday, October 27th. Both the men's and women's soccer teams close out their seasons by hosting the University of Bridgeport. Start time for the women is 2.30, followed by the men at 5. Stay up to date with Roberts Athletics by visiting their website, robertsredhawks.com. And of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College.
1: If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA National Championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
0: Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, this is the Beyond the Game program, talking sports from a faith-based point of view. You ever recall seeing as many trades as we're seeing this year in the NFL? I mean, you always got the NHL, the NBA, they make trades. It's interesting, but not like baseball. Baseball, man, that's just trade heaven. But this year in the NFL has been very exciting with trades.
1: It has been, and I love it. Uh, We've even seen this year teams like the Raiders and Giants trading multiple players away. And I know the Bills did it last year, but it was before the season. But, no, I can't remember a year like this, and it's great, and I hope there's more. It's fun.
0: It's entertaining, but if you're a fan of the Giants, I like mean, they're obviously open for business,
1: shipping Eli Apple
0: to the Saints, sending Damon Snacks Harrison to the Lions. Now, my draft pick gauge must be off. Damon Harrison is a former Pro Bowler. He's is a terrific <clears throat> player. Yeah, he's good. And all you got is a fifth-round draft pick? It seems like to me like you should have gotten a little bit more. Am I wrong?
1: No, and it seems like it's been that way all year. Like Josh Gordon going for a fifth rounder. I know he wore out his welcome there, but he's a tremendous talent just like Damon Harrison is. And, you know, it's weird. It seems like they're just maybe moving the salary. I don't know. Regardless, they're obviously blowing it up and
0: stockpiling some draft picks. I suspect there may be more. Seems seems like the same thing going on in Oakland. Actually, who knows what's going on in (laughs) Oakland shipping out Khalil Mack before the start of the season. Earlier this week, they sent wide receiver Amari Cooper to the Cowboys for a first-round draft pick. I don't understand why they're killing the Cowboys. Yeah, a first-round pick is a great pick, but this is not a rich draft by any means from the looks of things now. You know, you got Amari Cooper. You got a two-time Pro Bowler. What is he, 26 years old? He's relatively young. I think he's 24. Even younger. Yeah. 24 year, You know what you've got. With a draft pick, you don't know what you're getting. So essentially, they just gave up a draft pick to get a two-time Pro Bowler, 24-year-old. Now, I know he hasn't had the year that he had a season or two ago, but that's a terrific wide receiver. I don't understand killing Dallas, and I just want to understand what Oakland is doing. And didn't Mark Davis say that when they announced the move to Vegas that they were going to give a title run, they wanted to make a playoff run before leaving Vegas, mm-hmm. it, and now it seems to me like that's not even a consideration. This, is, this team is not going to make a playoff run. What are you telling those fans?
1: Yeah, and I think that that was—now, I don't know if this plan was already in place, but if it was, that is somewhat deceitful because— you look at, there's a clear plan here to blow it up. Your coach is in town for 10 years on his contract. They're setting things up for the long term for that entire contract. And in a couple of years, when they've used the five first round picks that they have over the next couple of years, there's a chance that they will be a very, very good football team in Vegas. But right now, I mean, make it a playoff run this year. Please, they might not win five games this year. Well, that's my
0: point. I'm not a Gruden fan. I didn't understand the hiring. In my opinion, he won a Super Bowl, but he did it with somebody else's guys. He's Mm -hmm. been out of the game for a long time. Now you're coming in, and I get it. Obviously, he wants his guys. He's shipping other people out. He's going to bring in his own guys. And as you say, when they get to Vegas, they may have a very good team. But that's not what you said. One player said this to The Athletic. The Mac trade was a real stiff jab, but the Cooper one was a knockout punch, especially because we had just walked back in the door from the bye. We didn't want to believe it was coming. And coach said we weren't going to trade him. Another player said this. You have to wonder if we haven't been playing for draft picks all along, the player said. Despite everything, the coaches told us at training camp. So it sounds like the coaches have said one thing. Yeah. And their actions are something else. Look, if you're building a product for Las Vegas, I have no problem with that. Just admit it. Give those Raider fans in Oakland an opportunity to make a decision for themselves whether or not they want to go to the games. Mm -hmm. If you're telling them, look, we're going to make a title run, We're we're trying to get a title before we leave, come to the games, pay your money, and then you put this kind of product on the field. Yeah, Doug Martin. What was the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? He played uh, Frank Abnagel, where he's a counterfeiter. Oh, Catch Me If You Can. Terrific film, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what John Gruden is. That's what Mark Davis is. Tight end Lee Smith said players are more concerned about winning now than in the future. He said our job, though, is not to second guess what Coach Gruden and Reggie McKenzie do. Our job is to play football. And players need to play hard. I get it. If not for this year, then because they're auditioning for other teams the rest of the year. But but the fans in Oakland, they don't have to believe all that stuff. And it, it's going to be interesting to me to see if they come out to the games. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see me at one game,
1: not one. Me neither, mostly because the crowd is a bunch of really scary people, but also because the quality of the football is just bad.
0: Now, I'm sure you know as well as I that the human heart is adept at hiding truth from itself if that truth be too uncomfortable or too unpleasant. And you probably even know people who are in a bad relationship, whether that be a romantic relationship, a friendship where that friend is a bad influence, or maybe it's even an employment situation. Everyone around them seems to know that that relationship is destructive, and yet they've convinced themselves to stay there and can even give you several reasons why they do that. Those reasons are just explanations of how they've deceived themselves. Self-deception is the reason why so many miss out on a relationship with God. They convince themselves of their self-righteousness, which, when really none of us have any righteousness outside of Christ. Perhaps you're refusing to see the sinful condition of your own heart, or refuse to see that you need a Savior to redeem you from the penalty of those sins. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And John 3, 3 says that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Perhaps you even have some public form of Christianity that people see. You're fairly visible around your church, and people think you have it all together. But God knows who you really are. He knows your heart. He knows your motivations. Do you have a right relationship with God? Have you been forgiven of sins? Luke chapter 16 verse 15 says, And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. One of the most concerning passages in all of Scripture is Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Here, some people come before God who they're expecting entry into heaven, but God denies them, saying, I never knew you. These people are people who preach the word. They never really knew it, though. They did it for a job. They did it to be respected, whatever the reason, but they had never in their heart asked for forgiveness of sins or trusted their lives to God. Matthew seven twenty one says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Sin is deceitful enough on its own, but self-righteousness is the most deceitful because it gives you that false sense of security, that false illusion that you are doing what's right, that you're pleasing God, yet in actuality, you're stuck in sin. You're lost in your sins. In that Matthew chapter 7 passage, Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. Is there fruit in your life that you can point to as evidence of your Christianity, of evidence of your salvation, that you are a Christian and on your way to heaven? What can you point to? as evidence of a changed heart. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Paul says that those who are saved, that those who are God's children, know they're saved because the Holy Spirit convinces them of that, testifies to that. If you don't have that assurance that you have forgiveness of sins, or can identify the place or perhaps the time can go back to where it was that you first placed your faith in Christ, then you need to ask God to extend to you his grace and his mercy. And it's available, if only you just ask for it. First John one nine says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me ask you this do you believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again three days later? And are you ready to ask him to forgive you of your sins? Are you ready to turn away from an old lifestyle of doing things your way, and will you follow after God? Admit your sin and guilt to God. Tell him you believe he died on the cross for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again. And ask God to forgive you. Tell God that you want him to change you and to help you repent from sin. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if thou shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I hope you'll trust Christ today. I hope you'll place your faith and trust in him as your assurance of salvation, that you'd be on your way to an eternity in heaven. If we can help, please reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Maybe it's even just to ask us to pray for you. Thanks for being with us. With Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program.
1: You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal's secure servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Learn more at stjude.org. Thanks for
0: joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. And if you do stop by our website, subscribe to our podcast. This way you can listen to the show when you're on the go. Our podcast is downloaded and listened to regularly all around the world. Places like Sweden, England, Ireland, just as it is all across the United States. And one such place, listening to last week's program, was Normal, Illinois, the home of Illinois State University, as well as the University High School Pioneers, where Minnesota Timberwolves second-round pick Keita Bates-Diop attended before starring at Ohio State. Normal is also the birthplace of McLean Stevenson, who played Colonel Henry Blake on the TV show MASH. And interestingly... Stevenson died on February 15th, 1996, just one day prior to the passing of Roger Bowen, who played the same character in the 1970 movie MASH. Both Colonel Blakes died within a day of one another. To the many good-looking, remarkably bright citizens of normal Illinois, thanks for listening to the show, and wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. Here's Zach with this week's shenanigan statements.
1: All right. Number one, after trading wide receiver Amari Cooper to the Cowboys earlier this week, John Gruden said that the Raiders, quote, aren't trading anyone else. Truth or shenanigans, the Raiders are done making trades. I would say shenanigans. Obviously, they're
0: open for business. I think when you've traded away Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper and and with the rumors around Derek Carr, it would seem to me every team is going to be calling the Raiders making offers. So, uh, something's going to come along that would seem tempting. Uh, they're obviously open for business. They're obviously tearing that thing down. And I, I, as we said earlier, it just seems deceitful what the Raiders have done out there, it, telling their fans they're running out of title and then trading away all their team. There's you know, some locker room questions of whether Gruden's been up front with the players. So uh, no, I don't think I'm necessarily banking on what he says.
1: I say shenanigans as well uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, It's been reported for nearly a week that they're shopping Gary and Conley, their first round pick from last year. Pretty well known that he's available, so I would think he'll probably be traded soon. And also, basically, every time Gruden has said that they're not going to trade a player, that player gets traded. So the fact that he says they're not making more trades probably means they are making more trades. So that's why I say shenanigans. Number two, Benson, your New York Giants have also been actively trading away players as they sank cornerback Eli Apple to the Saints and defensive tackle Damon Harrison to the Lions, as we previously mentioned. So truth or shenanigans, the Giants will continue the teardown. What do you think about this one, Zach? <clears throat> I think so. I mean, look, they're just not a very good football team, despite having a lot of talented players. Um, they've added a lot of youth on the offensive line and with Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram are still young. It might be time to try to uh, accrue some draft picks and try to build around those players with more young talent. And look, the fact that they made two trades in the last week shows that, like you said, they're open for business. So I would expect some more to follow.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I agree with the statements that the Giants will continue the teardown. Here's a team that I thought might be able to grab a card position. They have some talent on that roster. And it's amazing to me how poorly they've played. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's all quarterback play. I don't think so. I don't know if it's all coaching. I don't think so. I don't know if it's distractions. Whatever it is, this team is awful. I mean, they're just not playing well at all. And it just makes sense at this point to make wholesale changes. I mean, come next year, there should be a new quarterback. There should be Mm -hmm. just a new team and... Uh, yeah, I think they're going to continue tearing this thing down.
1: Well, I think we know what it is. I read recently that their record is terrible since they took that infamous boat picture as a team. So that seems to be the cause, right?
0: Maybe it is. I mean, since <laughs> the boat picture, they can't score.
1: Yeah, there you go. It's the boat picture's fault. Number three, LeBron's L.A. Lakers have fizzled out of the gate. Truth or shenanigans, the Lakers' poor start is indicative of what their season will be like.
0: No shenanigans. Um, listen, I'm not as high as a lot of people are on the Lakers for this coming season. I think they're going to be good. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I'm not expecting them to be title chasers or legitimate have legitimate title hopes. But I think they'll be much better than the way they've come out. Listen— They've got LeBron James, he's the best player on the planet, and the rest of the team has to adjust to him, and I think there will be an adjustment period. It just makes sense. you got a, you got a new team there.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines as you. I say shenanigans as well. How many of LeBron's teams over the years have started out poorly like this? And we say, oh, look, they're not going to be as good as we thought. Their chemistry is bad or whatever. And then they're in the finals. So I don't think there's much to worry about here. He's adjusting to a new coast and a new team. They'll be fine.
0: LeBron is not just another guy that you're sticking in there. This is mm-hmm. the best player in the game. And everybody has to line up and take their cues from him. And I, that has to take a little bit of adjustment. They're going to have to figure it out. And I think they will. I don't. I'm not worried about those Lakers at all. That's going to do it for shenanigans. Still more to do on this week's show. So come on back. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond
1: the Game program. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at mcafeeremodeling.com.
0: Welcome back into the program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is Beyond the Game. Let's close out this week's show by telling you what it is that we liked in sports this past week. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says, In everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Former Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly was back at Erie County Medical Center of Buffalo, New York, this past week, though this time it wasn't for any treatment. After defeating cancer three times, he went back to be an encouragement to other cancer patients being treated at the facility It was set up in such a way that as the patients were filmed describing their journeys and the care they'd received at Erie County Medical Center, they were asked questions about Kelly specifically, and as they spoke, in he walks. Kelly also handed out signed posters, memorabilia, but by far, easily the best gift he gave them was a sense of hope, the sense of encouragement from someone who'd been where they are and had successfully battled through. Jim Kelly visiting cancer patients at the Buffalo Hospital where he was treated is what I like
1: this week. Oh what I liked this week was that the NFL fired down judge Hugo Cruz. Now, I don't know if he's had poor grades every week or every year, but he missed a really important call that changed the outcome of the game a couple of weeks ago. The NFL came out and fired him this week. It's been a long-running complaint of mine that in all of the major sports that referees who continually make bad judgments on the field do not seem to face any repercussions. So an official finally being held accountable for his poor uh, judgment... Yeah, is what I liked this week. You like that? You like
0: that? My only concern with that, Zach, is, is there a history of bad calls for him? Because if I'm any umpire and you just missed a call and got fired and fired a guy, I'm going to be a little up in arms in that. If that union isn't having a fit over that. and they are. Of course they are. If you haven't said, if you make the, if you get such grades, You lose your job. The fact that they don't have a safety net of procedure, like to just go to fire the guy is a big step. Now, I'm all for accountability, but I tend to think you got to say, all right, you're suspended. We got to get you more training, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is. But you got to have steps before you just let a guy go.
1: I agree, although I don't think we'll ever know in this case.
0: Well, that'll do it. This has been the Beyond the Game program. So glad you could be with us for this week's show. You can get involved. Help us out in employing Sports Talk Radio to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ and the biblical applications we share from the world of sports to listeners all around the world each and every week. It's because of the financial gifts of people such as yourself that the Beyond the Game show is on the air. Please consider a financial contribution to this radio ministry, and if you have a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information, or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There's lots of other stuff there as well, information about the program. You can listen to past broadcasts, as well as detailed information about how you can know personally Jesus Christ and begin a faith journey for yourself, walking daily in the love of God. For Zach Barletta, this is Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.